Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. of the Night Report podcast. I'm your co-host, Mike Broadbent. Joining me once again is my co-host, Richie Schneiderite. Richie, we got a fairly loaded podcast for everyone today. We're going to discuss Jalen Miller and other possible roster moves this offseason. We're going to discuss the transfer portal in candidates. We've had a few rumored uh, targets they're reaching out to and maybe even visiting. And then we're going to talk some assistant coaching rumors because it sounds like some of the basketball assistants are interviewing or other head coaching jobs, which is always a nice thing when your assistants are coveted uh, for other jobs, but not always great for uh, continuity, which is what Pike really uh, seems to like. Um, let's start off at the top, though. Jalen Miller has announced he's entering the transfer portal. He was a backup guard for the team. He's been at Rutgers for two years now. Um, he was a kid who, you know, he was a very pesky defender, uh, but just couldn't really seem to put it together offensively. Uh, what are you hearing about his departure? Yeah, this really shouldn't come as too much of a shock to people. Uh, he's an end-of-the-bench guy. Um, I, I don't want to, like, pick on him or anything, but there was 13 scholarship players last year. I think he was probably number 11 or 12 on the bench. Um, he didn't play a ton. He was supposed to redshirt year one. Uh, he was defensive first. Um, and even then, like, he, he was a solid defender. He wasn't a phenomenal defender. He wasn't, like, Jacob Young-esque or anything like that, but – it makes sense for him to kind of drop down a level and, and go play somewhere else where he, he'll get more significant minutes. Um, maybe Fairfield. Jay Young's right around the corner. Um, he could probably use a defensive guard, I'm assuming. Uh, I have no idea what their roster looks like, so I'm just making an assumption there. But, uh, yeah, I see him dropping down a level. He's still got two years to play. Um, he's from Maryland, maybe one of like a Loyola, Maryland, or something like that. But, uh, yeah, this this one's not too much of a shock. And I, I don't think really any of the transfers transfer outs because we're going to expect more a couple, uh, in the next couple of weeks or next couple of days even. Um, and I don't think it should really shock anyone of who transfers out at this point. Yeah, I don't want to speculate on names, but I think there will be at least one more, probably more like two or three more, mm -hmm. um, if we're being honest. Um, but let's talk about a couple guys who um, – could, could leave because they're pursuing a professional career, and those main two are, are Paul and Cliff. Start with Paul. Um, what are you hearing about Paul's potential return to the roster? Yeah, so um, what it sounds like is after that loss, Paul kind of stayed away from the facility a bit and tried to kind of regroup a little bit and just, just get in the right mind space because um, it, it is tough. It's a long season, and, and obviously things didn't go the way they wanted to. They wanted to make the tournament. They were right on the bubble. Um, they wanted to win that NIT game. They, they lost ugly to Hofstra. Um, so yeah, it's, not, I, I think Paul's going to go pro. I don't think there's any shot in hell he transfers. He's a Pike guy through and through. Um, I just think the games, this is it. He's, he's done his four years. He's going to, he's going to move on and go professional. I don't see, like I said, he's not going to enter the portal. I highly, highly doubt. I will see Paul's name and portal mentioned at all, but, um, I could see him going pro playing overseas at this point, um, overseas, they, they love tall guards. Um, ever since Luca came out and Luca's been dominating the NBA, everyone wants a 6'6 six, six point guard. 
here's a six, seven, six, eight point card. Have, have fun. And, uh, he'll make some serious money over there if that's his choice. If not, um, he could pursue more of, uh, just a career in the professional world over here. He's, he's done a great job with his foundation already. He could do something with that and kind of keep building on that. And, uh, it, it's up to him, but I, I do think his time at Rutgers on the hardwood is is uh, coming to an end. Yeah, and he was banged up a lot this year. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. he had that shoulder problem. It was never announced what it was. It looked like he separated his shoulder at one point, and then I think against Nebraska, it looks like he re-injured that shoulder. It was a shooting shoulder. So it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, it turns out he was playing on, like, a partially torn labrum all year, which is obviously not ideal for a, for a guard. Um, yeah. So okay. I think he's probably needs some time to mentally and physically heal up before he can make a decision. I mean, it's so hard when you're so in the moment to, you know, decide whether or not you're coming back to put yourself through another year of a very, you know, long season. Like, there's a reason why a guy like Ch- Jason Kelsey, you know, took a month off to really just kind of heal and think about things and talk to his family before he decided to come back. Like it's not easy to, to make that decision in the moment because most of the time you're probably just saying, you know, I can't do this again. So yeah. you need a few weeks. No, that's um, spot on. What about cliff? What do you hear about cliff? Uh, cliff, it sounds like he's leaning towards coming back. Um, there's no guarantees there either way. Um, I'd probably still put it near the 50, 50 mark, maybe even like, 55 45 maybe 60 40 coming back um it does sound like he's going to be back for another year there's like i said there's nothing guaranteed they're they're looking at all the options i could still see him declaring like like everyone does at this point go get that nba scout feedback go work out a couple drills work out with a couple nba teams see what they say first kind of gauge what they're thinking um they might see stuff in workouts that they'll be like oh wow i didn't know you could do that like oh shit like you you can like shoot threes like all right, hold on. Like maybe we can make something work out. It's not going to be, he won't be a draft pick. I can almost guarantee that. Um, but the, he does have a shot at going to the G league and being an undrafted free agent, similar to like what, uh, I think Ron didn't, Ron didn't get drafted, right? No, he was an undrafted free agent. Um, so he gets, he could do a similar role of that and then kind of go from there and try to build your resume up in the G league and work out there and eventually get a shot at the pros. It sounds like Ron's kind of Ron's, doing that right now he just had a triple double yesterday in the g league yeah he's been doing really good in the g league i think it's only a matter of time until he gets called up more um i know he's on a two-way and he kind of splits time between toronto and the 905 raptors but a weird name um but but yeah i mean i think that it's it's a legitimate route people question the g league and it's it's actually a good developmental league now and you get paid too People were thinking yep. Ron makes like I know someone texted me the other day. They're like, "What? What does Ron make? Like sixty k in the G League?" I'm like, "No, he makes like eight hundred k in the G League, and he's set to make one point two on his qualifying offer next year, which they'll probably give him at this point if he keeps it up, um, if not more money." So like, that's not it's not hate on the G League. The G League is a legitimate yep. minor league system now. Every team's got one, and it's it's developing into something legit, and it's a legit option for kids after. One year of high school, Actually, you don't even need to. Uh, you can go right to the G League now and play for G League Ignite. Um, or just go play a year of college and then go to G League and go from there. A lot of guys have developed there, whether it be coaches, whether it be players. Um, and it, it's a legitimate league, so I think it's going to be tough to uh, keep him away from that. So let him declare. Let him take his time. I don't think we get an answer on Cliff for quite some time, to be honest with you. Yeah, plus another complicating factor is, you know, a lot of these guys can make NIL money um, to kind of, yes. you know, offset, you know, not being professional. Cliff does not have that luxury because he's here on a student visa. Um, one way to get around that 
Um, obviously, we all saw the CBS special of, of Cliff donating his money, which is awesome. But one way to get around that is you can make money in your home country. So there's yes. a rumor that there's going that I know that there's going to be a foreign trip this summer. But the rumor is it's going to be Africa, which would make sense for Cliff, so he could actually make money in Nigeria. So. Huge recruiting wise too. Like people don't yeah. understand. Like the NBA Global Academy over there is producing nonstop um, draft prospects, uh, recruits, like high school kids. Like it's the game over. The game is developing at a, at a on a world stage at this point. Europe's producing at a, a crazy right now. You're seeing guys like Luca come over from the Euro League and just dominating. You're seeing guys from Africa come over and just dominating. And it's it's just the game is so much bigger than what it was when like even when I I'm I'm young, like I'm only twenty eight. The big the game is just so much bigger than what it was when I was growing up. And the fact that it's worldwide now is just it's becoming more and more fun and there's just so much more talent out there that's undiscovered. Yeah, if you just look at, you know, all the MVP candidates right now in the last four MVPs, Jokic just won two straight. The two before that were Giannis, like the other top guys in the MVP uh, conversation, Luca, mm -hmm. who's from Europe, Embiid, who's from Africa. Like this is a truly international game. Um, and it's not just like the one-off Dirk, you know, dominating yeah. thing anymore. Like half of the, the stars in the league are from other countries. Yeah. So it's fun. So let's pivot to Rutgers' targets in the transfer portal. Um, it sounds like Rutgers and Peichel will be uh, more invested in the portal than they ever have. Um, this sounds like they're at least looking for two guys this year, possibly more. Let's start with big men. Um, you guys just we just put an article out today talking about John Hughley. I think Zach Smart uh, wrote yep. that article up. So let's start with him. Uh, sounds like Rutgers is targeting at least one big and one guard. So let's talk about John Hewley. Yeah, I know he's listed as a forward per per most people. Everyone sees six nine and they think forward. That's not a thing. Cut it out. Like he's six nine, two sixty five. If you play forward, you're getting burnt nonstop. Like um, he's a big boy. He's a big man. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Wolfolk in terms of uh, the same high school. Same size for the most part. Obviously, has more weight than Wolfolk. He's but he's also a fourth, fifth year guy. But uh, he he had a pretty uh, breakout se uh, sophomore campaign this or last year, I believe it was. Um, he had 15 points per game, eight boards a game, a, a true double double threat, and uh, would definitely help out at the center position. Now, I think that one's a little more dependent on um, if Cliff comes back or not. If Cliff doesn't come back, then that center position's wide open, and you're going to be able to recruit a pretty good big man like. Uh, a Hughley or someone else. If if Cliff comes back, then it's like, all right, hold on. Like, I'm not going to get starter minutes. Like, let's let's pause right here real quick. Um, he has a ton of interest right now. He's got Arizona State, Michigan, Oregon, Cincy, Dayton, Georgia Tech, Wisconsin, Butler, West Virginia. I could keep going on and on. Uh, the common denominator between most of those names is NIL. It's the name of the game right now. Um. So you would also have to probably give him a significant NIL package. I know that's what most guys, um, most guys, that's what they're asking for. Like Pike said it before in press conferences. That used to be the number one question was how many minutes am I going to get? Now it's like, hold on, how much money am I going to get paid first off? And it's yeah. like for one year, like, some of these guys are getting like 150, 200 K and it's like, shit. Like, yeah. Like you were saying, you were telling me, you know, off pod and we're not going to say the name of the school or the name of the player, but there's a local player who entered the transfer portal recently and already has an offer of $75,000 and a car 
for a non-Power 5 school, and it's not even like a Blue Blood non-Power 5. It's not a Memphis or a Houston we're talking here. It's like a run-of-the-mill non-Power 5 school. So yeah. those are the kind of offers you're getting, even at the, the lower level of D1 programs. It's so. crazy. And that, that I've heard that. I've heard this other kid got 150K in an apartment for the year. This other kid got 125K in a car. And it's like, these aren't even Power 5. These aren't high major kids. Like, yeah. God damn, like, so it's it's tough. It's definitely going to, the money is what is talking. And you heard it on our last pod, Richard Kent said it. Um, NIL is all portal right now. And that's all that matters. Like high school kids, yeah, they're getting their chunk of change here and there. And the big names especially. Uh, but it's all portal. And that's that's going to be the, the new norm going forward. Yeah. And uh, Hugh Lee, to kind of close it out with him, uh, he's had some really big, Offensive outburst while at Pitt. He's got multiple games of 25-plus. He had a career high of uh, 32 points against Boston College um, last December. He only played eight games this year. I think he yeah. basically decided he's transferring mid-year. So he would have two years of eligibility remaining after this year. Uh, sounds like Rutgers is really in on him. Let's go to another big now, though. Let's talk Jamil Reynolds. He's a kid out of Temple. He obviously had a really good game against Rutgers this year when they played. Uh, he, he had 17 points and nine rebounds. There's a rumor that Pike flew out to go see him because he's originally from St. Petersburg. That's where his family lives. So flew out to see him last week. What are you hearing about Reynolds? Um, yeah, like you said, Pike went out to see him apparently. Um, he wants to be in the Big Ten is what I'm told. He's a he's a legit big body. He's 6'11", 280. He's like Cliff, but with like 50 pounds on him. Um, he, he is just a big boy. Now his numbers don't pop off the charts, but he did have a good game against Rutgers. So I, I would be confident in him coming in and being a legitimate starter for a year. Uh, I think actually he has two years left. I take that back. Uh, interestingly enough, he started out at central Florida, then transferred to temple. And now he's looking for a new home again. The big 10 makes sense for a lot of these guys, these bigger, bulkier big men, because no other conference plays like that. It's literally the big 10. That's it. Um, so these, most of these big bulky dudes are going to try to go to the big 10 and become starters and try to be the next, uh, Zach Eady or the next, um, Hunter Dickinson. And it's like these guys, like we've said it time and time again, these, these big dudes, they're, they're good in the big 10, but they're not good versus other teams. They're not NBA caliber guys. So it seems like most of these guys want to go get that quick payday and go play in the big 10 where they'll get significant minutes and probably get more exposure than any other conference. Definitely. Um, now I'm going to not necessarily talk about some bigs, but some wings, some guys who could probably play a little four, but mostly are threes. Let's start with Darren Buchanan. He was a guy that Rutgers recruited out of high school. He ended up at Virginia Tech. He redshirted this past year, but he entered the portal yesterday and immediately Rutgers seemed to be on the top of his list. Um, what are you hearing about Darren Buchanan? Yeah, so it's it's still relatively new there. Um, Rutgers did offer him out of high school, out of uh, Woodrow Wilson down in D.C. Um, he's he's a true uh, wing type, I'd call him. He's 6'7", 225, 230. He, he redshirted this year, but don't read too much into that because he, he did redshirt because that Virginia Tech team was stacked. They have a long, long uh, rotation going, or short rotation, but they have a, a lot of depth there. Um I, I not really much to tell about him. He's just long. He's lean. He's he's a little raw. He's he's a solid defender though. And of course, you, you hear that, and Pike's ears probably just pike up real quick. Huh? Get that? Um, perk up. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, no, he's a decent shooter too. Um, I think uh, if Rutgers can get 
get him and be a solid player. I don't think he's a starter right away, but I think he'll play some significant minutes, 100%. Um, maybe he could be a starter right away because I, I just keep forgetting that Caleb's gone, so there's no more wing really there, and Mag's recovering from an injury. So there really isn't a true three, a starting three right now. So we'll see what, what happens there, but it's still relatively new. Not a lot going on right now. We'll have to wait and see what happens there. Yeah, so Buchanan's a kid out of D.C. as well. I know that, that just Carl Hobbs has connections to the DMV. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Pike's obviously coached at George Washington, so uh, some connections there. But another interesting transfer target seems to be at the top of a lot of uh, teams' lists is Teron Armstrong. So he's a kid who's initially from Australia, uh, out of college, or out of high school. He had two offers: one from Cal Baptist, which is where he ended up; the other from Rutgers. So. Rutgers obviously saw something in him. He didn't end up at Rutgers. I don't necessarily know why, but what are you hearing with Ron Armstrong? Yeah, so it seems like Rutgers just had a ton of guard targets in that 2021 class, and they just ended up pursuing other people. Um, Teron Armstrong is is probably one of the better kids in the portal. I know other services have ranked him number one overall in the portal. But uh, the we first off, He's got two offers out of high school. One of them is Rutgers. At this point, just trust Pike's evaluations. Like, the guy knows yep. what the fuck he's talking about. Like, yep. he's a tall, lengthy guard, and I, I don't know what happened, but he grew three inches from high school to college. So, yeah, he got he's a lot he was, taller. His rival's profile lists him at 6'3", and uh, Cal Baptist site lists him at 6'6", 200. So. Yeah, so he definitely got bigger, taller. Um, I think he was – I, I want to say that's the whack, but I might be wrong. Whatever conference it is, he won, like – uh, freshman of the year in 2022 is the whack. 2023, it is the whack. Okay, so he won 2022 freshman of the year. He's put up some pretty solid numbers at um, Cal Baptist. Averaged uh, what am I looking at? 11, four and a half rebounds, five assists. Like it's pretty good. His yep. numbers took a dip this year a little bit, but he did have a great freshman year and and pretty solid sophomore year. So I'd keep a close eye on him just because. Pike has a relationship, and that's that's going to be one of the keys in, in the portal. We talked about this in football, too. You can't stop these relationships after they commit somewhere, after they sign somewhere. You have to build a great relationship with the kid, and maybe two years down the line, Taron Armstrong, for example, is going to be like, oh, man, I remember Coach Pike. He was so real with me. He understood me. He liked me. We were so cool together. Like We talked so much. He even reached out after I scored uh, whatever at this game and that game. So, like, maybe it ends up working out, but it's it's still relatively new. But Rutgers is one of the uh, the big names on his list so far. Yeah, the uh, the website Evan Maya is really good with like rating players and based on you know all these sorts of advanced metrics. Teron mm-hmm. Armstrong, they have a, a transfer portal area too where they just rate transfer portal guys. So Teron Armstrong is ranked sixty first currently out of eight hundred and eighteen available guys in the portal. Um, so he's ranked fairly highly there as well. There you go. Got to, got to monitor. Let's move to guards, though. Uh, a couple of the top guards that Rutgers sounds like they're interested in. Um, uh, one is Nicholas Timberlake. The other is Jameer Nelson Jr. Let's start with Nicholas Timberlake. He's a guy from Massachusetts who is in his He's in his senior year, but he has a COVID year available, uh, t- mm. Towson, and he just entered the portal. What are you hearing about Nicholas Timberlake? Um, sounds like he's kind of leaning towards going towards the Midwest. Um, Indiana's making a serious push for him right now. Uh, obviously, Rutgers is on him, and so are several other big-name schools. Um, he, he's a solid prospect. He knows how to score um, 18 points a, or nearly 18 points a game at Towson. Um, 
Massachusetts native. I, I want to say you would think that he stays in the Northeast, but it sounds like Indiana's got the the lead a little bit here. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens there. He hasn't scheduled anything official yet, technically, but um, he, he is hearing from a lot of big names. I, I think this is going to be a real tough pull for Rutgers. UNC's reached out. Um, I know they want to get him on campus soon. Um, the guys that are one and dones and have that kind of scoring are going to be really tough to pull because everybody's going to be after those guys. Um, so I don't know how, yeah. how they're going to pull that one out, but I, I think he ends up elsewhere, to be honest. Yeah, he's got legit size. He's 6'4", 200 as a shooting guard. He's also a sharpshooter. He's uh, shot over 40% from three the last two years on high volume. He shot last year uh, 41% on almost six attempts per game. This year he shot 42% on almost seven attempts per game. So this is a knockdown shooter, and every college in the country would love to have a kid like this on their team. Oh, of course. Uh, so tough pull, but Rutgers sounds like they're very interested in him. The other guard I mentioned, Jameer Nelson Jr., and yes, so you're hearing that name and you're, you know, you were alive in 2004. That is the same Jameer Nelson, um, his son, Jameer Nelson Jr., uh, the, the obviously great Point guard, college point guard at St. Joe's, and then later on the NBA. Uh, this is a 6'1", 190-pound kid. He started off his career at George Washington. A little bit of Carl Hobbs connection, maybe. Obviously, he didn't coach there, but he probably still knows people at George Washington. Uh, he transferred to Delaware for his last two years of college. He has one year of eligibility remaining. He's a kid who had a bit of a breakout year this year. He averaged almost 21 points per game. Uh almost five rebounds per game and almost four assists per game. And at six, one, almost five rebounds per game shows that you are giving a shit and trying. Uh, he's also a fairly good uh, free throw shooter at almost 78%. Uh, what are you hearing about Jameer Nelson Jr.? Same thing. One and done guy. Um, it seems like it's going to be extremely tough. Uh, I heard Michigan's trying to push for him a little bit. I know um, Oklahoma state's making a push. Ohio State's making a push. Um, I I just don't see this one really happening. I think it's going to be extremely tough, especially NIL is going to be a factor, number one. Number two, like I said, these one and dones are just – they're going to be so hard to pull. Like these guys are yeah. just going to go to the highest bidder or they're just going to go to the, the highest named school at this point. Like um, now there is a little connection there, like you said, with George Washington because Carl Hobbs did coach there, Steve Peichel coach there under Hobbs. Um, but I, I just don't see this one happening. I think it's going to be super tough. Um, I know they're very interested in him, but there's, there's just so many names that are, that are pursuing him and so many others. Like it's, it's these one and dones are going to be super tough. I think you're going to have to look for a guard that has multiple years, like a Taron Armstrong type dude. So we'll see what happens there. But, uh, he, he's also got his dad's name. So he's going to become an NBA prospect. It wouldn't shock me. He already averaged 20 something a game. Um, twenty almost twenty one. Uh, he's a very good player. Don't get me wrong. I just hope he doesn't go to the Big Ten because I don't think anyone wants to play against him. Yeah. So, of all the guys we talked about, or maybe even didn't talk about, is there anybody that you're feeling really good about in the portal right now, or is it still like this is could happen at any moment where Rutgers gets a commit and nobody saw it coming? Uh, no, I think it's more of a more or less they're going to get some guys on campus to visit. Um, this is still new. The portal's open for sixty days, so these guys just have to enter the portal in sixty days, just like football. Yep. They have to enter; they don't have to commit in those sixty days. Now, mind you, some kids are already committing. I know Wake Forest got a kid. I think uh, who else got a kid? Virginia Tech got a kid. Um, I think there was Illinois or someone. Someone in the Big Ten got a transfer commit already. 
But um, I think you take your time. You kind of evaluate the options. There's going to always be better options, especially when these big name programs are, are done with their seasons. Like whoever's in the Sweet 16 at this point, you're going to see others just enter the portal almost immediately as soon as their tournament runs are over. Um, so I, I think you kind of wait it out. Maybe you look for Taryn Armstrong. If Taryn Armstrong wants to visit, you don't tell him no. And yep. if he wants to commit, you don't tell him no, but you take your time. Um, the Copen State guard and then the Tark is one I'd keep an eye on. He's a Maryland guy, played at Copen State. Pretty solid numbers, 12.5 points per game, 5.9 rebounds per game, and a guy that's 6'4 is very impressive to me. And we know Pike loves those guys. He has 1.7 steals per game. He's a pretty good defender. Maybe a nice compliment next to uh, next to Cam Spencer. You need a guy that could probably shoot a little better. He has 30, 32% from three, but that's – hell, that might be better than most of the team right now. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, it, I think you just kind of wait. But you, you definitely pursue these guys that are in the portal currently, and, like, they obviously are. But they're very yeah. adamant they want a lead guard. They're very adamant they want a wing because Mawat Mag probably won't be uh, ready until – December and then we're, that's like the earliest I'm thinking. Um, and y- you want a big man because you don't know what Cliff's going to do. He might stay, he might leave. If you can get a big man that's willing to back him up, perfect. Or you get a two year guy yeah. and be like, hey, go behind Cliff for a year and we're, you're still going to get that 15 to 20 a game. And then uh, the next year, it's all yours. And then you're the big guy for us. So we'll see what happens. But um, it, it seems like this is going to be Pike's biggest portal haul ever. Yeah, so according to Evan Maya, in terms of just how many guys have committed, so the portal opened on March 13th, which is 10 days ago at this point, mm-hmm. and 818 guys are currently in it, and about only 60 are currently committed. And of those 60, only six are in the top 100. So there's still a lot of really talented guys available. I do think that we're going to aim really high. Like, if we're just looking at the rankings of some of those guys, Evan Maya has Jameer Nelson ranked 17th out of 818. Um, Jamil Reynolds is ranked 49th out of 818. If you look at Hughley, he's ranked 88th out of 818. So they're going after high quality targets in the portal, and I don't see that changing. So I'm I'm happy to see Pike being very selective with this stuff. Obviously, we talked about Armstrong being ranked very highly as well. He's ranked 67th on Evan Maya, and another site has him number one, which I think mm-hmm. is a little crazy. Um, yeah, a little bit. So. I think Pike realizes that the talent infusion is needed for next season if we're going to continue this postseason streak and also continue this upward trajectory of the program in general. Obviously, a guy like Baden Dongo, a guy like Gavin Griffiths is going to play next year. Jermichael Davis, I mean, he's a bit of the mystery box because I think he can play, but will he take a red shirt? Is that something that he's even interested in doing? We'll see. Yeah. Um, but this roster will look... This will probably be the the single biggest turnover that Pike has had since he's gotten here. So I just think we got to kind of let the pieces fall as they do because we we really don't know what this team is going to look like next year outside of Cam Spencer, Watt Mag coming back mid season, and yeah. Derek Simpson playing a big role. Other than that, I think there's a lot that's, of question marks right now. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty spot on, and we don't even know about the the coaching staff like you mentioned before. Yeah. Um, Great Carl transition. Hobbs, That's the next topic. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Carl Hobbs has a has an interview elsewhere this week. I'm not going to say where because I don't want to burn any sources, but uh, it's definitely something to monitor. We mentioned him with other jobs too. I, I think NJIT is a little low for him, so I don't think that one's going to end up happening. But um, it sounds like Hobbs is, is interviewing elsewhere too. So Hobbs Hobbs is a popular name right now, and 
it wouldn't shock me if he left and got a head coaching job again. He's proven he can do it before George Washington. It's kind of like an unwinnable job over there. So he did the best he could. Uh, now my biggest fear would be, will he take someone with him? And I think you guys all know who is pretty connected to Hobbs is TJ Thompson, who played four years under Hobbs. Hobbs is guy is go to. It wouldn't shock me if, if this program hired Hobbs and then took TJ with him. And that, that would be kind of a blow to recruiting because TJ does have some serious connections throughout the country, whether it be Rush High School head coach he's close with in Chet Mason. Um, it's a big reason they got Wolfolk. Uh, I think TJ was also the lead recruiter for one of the 2024 commits. I forget which who it was. It wasn't Bailey, but it was someone else. Uh, was it? Was it Warren? Uh, I Warren. think I think he played a big part in Gavin too. Yes, and and it was Warren. He was the lead guy for Delpon Warren as well. So definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, I think Rutgers would pony up for TJ. It's just a matter of where does TJ's loyalty go with Pike, or does TJ's loyalty to Carl? So. Kind of wait and see, see what happens there. He because Pike was there, like I mentioned at GW when when Knight or when Hobbs was there. So it's interesting. Um, we've seen, we've heard Knight's name floated for a couple jobs, but I, I think Rutgers pays a lot better than I shouldn't say. I think Rutgers does pay a lot better than most uh, mid-major jobs. So I'm not too concerned there. I think the only way he leaves really would be for like a pit or like a big name job, something like that. Um, yeah, and I I fully expect those. Jobs to come calling eventually. Thankfully, Jeff Capel has righted the ship at Pittsburgh. And I say thankfully because we, I think he would go to his alma mater. Um, yeah. and, and Knight has been referenced by a lot of the top recruits, especially in the class of 2024. He's got a very good relationship with the, the Harper family. He's one of the biggest reasons we landed Ace Bailey. He's got deep connections to uh, his AAU coach. Mm-hmm. So it would be a brutal blow to land, to lose Brandon Knight. And I think they'll do everything they can to, to keep him. Um, like you said, these local jobs don't pay. They probably pay about a little over half of what he currently makes. So there's no reason unless he really just wants to run his own program for him to go to an NGIT level job. Um, I think those are a bit beneath him at this point. Yeah. I posted on the board yesterday, just to put it in perspective, one of the better mid-major coaches is Jeff Bowles at Ohio. He makes 575 and Brandon Knight makes 600k currently. We'll make 625 going into. I think that actually activates in March uh, for the mm-hmm. next season. So we'll make 625 going forward. And I wouldn't be surprised if he got another extension, um, especially yep. if the, with the way he's recruiting. I think he deserves it. The man's man's good at his job. <laughs> he's earned every penny and then some. Yeah, totally agree. We ran through a lot of topics here. Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on before we sign off here? Um, football practice starts next Tuesday. Um, I assume they'll probably give us Pat Flaherty day one, just because it's going to be like, Hey, Pat, what do you think of the team? Oh, I saw them for about three hours today. (laughs) So they're not going to try to reveal anything. They're not going to give us a whole lot on anything on these competitions. The offensive line's wide open. Um, I think I mentioned that back when, uh, when he was hired, even at like the Miami dolphins, like they switched up an entire unit at one point because Flaherty was like, no, 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 we're not doing this. Um, the interesting thing is, is Flaherty was with the team last year. So I don't know how much of a difference maker he's going to make. I, I do think he's a good hire. I think he knows what he's talking about. I don't know how much pull or how much say he had last year as a consultant, but uh, te- he's, he's just very old school technique wise. He's, he's just going to basically, you just got to push the guy in front of you. That's it at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, don't commit a penalty and push the guy in front of you that way. Not this way. 
So why did uh, they hire you as the offensive line coach? You uh, seem to so know. Yeah, no, I know exactly. And you just go <laughs> under under the pads and just push. You're like, uh-huh. you, you gotta get mean. And I'll be honest, that guy scares the fuck out of me. Like I've watched his interviews, I've watched videos of him mic'd up, and he. Coach Flats. Oh yeah, dude, that guy yeah. is. He's gonna he's gonna instill some fear into these guys. And uh, that's kind of what they need. You need a, a kick yeah. in the ass once in a while, especially in the trenches. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what we could see on Tuesday. I don't know how much we're going to get to tell you of what we see, but uh, football is back. It's it's interesting. Recruiting starting tomorrow. We're going to have a couple. Rutgers will have a couple visitors on campus. Uh, Shamir Johnson at St. Joseph's Prep, St. Joe's Prep in uh, PA. He only has one offering right now from Maryland, but he could be a kid to watch out for. I think there's someone else. There's a kid from Rhode Island coming down too who's got a, I think a Bowling Green offer, stuff like that. But uh, it's getting back into full swing of things, and we'll, uh, we'll have all your coverage, obviously, from uh, practices to post-practice pressers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Also, Rutgers had its uh, NFL Pro Day yesterday as well. Um, yes. Sounds like a few guys had some standout performances, like Christian Izian put up some really eye-popping numbers. He ran the four threes. He had a 41-and-a-half vert. Um, he had some really impressive uh, broad jump numbers as well. Yeah, Christian Braswell ran really fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Adam Corsak did his thing uh, as he transitions. I think, and I don't know if transitions is the right term. He was an Aussie style punter in the in the in college ranks. I'm sure he could do the NFL style punting as well. But it's it was he could get away with certain things in college. You probably can't get away with in the NFL, like the rollout punts are probably no longer a thing unless there's a, 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 a botched play, but yeah. I have no, I have no doubt that he can do any style of punting. He's just a savant. So yeah, he looked pretty good uh, yesterday. Everyone, um, ironically, everyone was watching the, uh, the drills of like the, uh, the shuttles and the three cone drill. And I was like, you know what? I just hear a loud boom. And I turn around and I'm like, yep, that makes sense. He's, he's punting. I'm going to go watch this. All of a sudden I shit you not. I, I might be the leader of the group at this point. I might be an NFL scout next too. Um, everyone started watching Adam Corsack. Everyone just shifted mm-hmm. over, and I was like, "Yep, see, 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 guys, that guy knows. I know what I'm talking about." Uh huh. Were there any? Um, so I know that you're allowed. They used to not allow you to do this, but now you're allowed to have underclassmen participate in the the pro day stuff. Um, in terms of like CJ Stroud during his throwing session yesterday, mm-hmm. he or yesterday or two days ago, he, he was allowed to have his receivers out there. So I think. Obviously, Jackson Smith and Jigba is uh, he's in the draft pool, pool, but a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. He was also throwing the ball to. Was there any uh, underclassmen that were there that were also participating that you saw? Not participating. Every single one of them was on the sidelines cheering on their guys, but not one was participating. Uh, the quarterback was a former Mammoth quarterback from a couple of years ago. Uh, okay. I forget who his name is. Uh, wide receivers. There was like a couple Long Island kids, like LIU Post, Central Connecticut State guys. Like nothing, nothing too crazy. Um, Rutgers doesn't do that with kids. They don't really let uh, anyone throw. Um, we're not even allowed to tell you what we see. Yeah, they're going to let the NFL scouts come in and look. Like so, that's fair. Yeah. All well. right, guys. Well, uh, stay tuned because we'll have a lot more football coverage. Moving forward, um, given that spring practice is about to start, mm-hmm. um, a few practices a week, we'll tell you what we can. But again, we, you all should know the policies at this point. So apologies if it's fairly barren because that is out of our control. But for me and Richie and everybody else, 
This has been another edition of the Night Report Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.